0: All right, y'all, I told you last week I'd do it. I want to know how the homework go, okay? Uh, so last week we handed out uh, these little journals. It's a free gift uh, from us to you. If you're like, but I wasn't here last week, that's cool. We got more of them. Um, so uh, we will have them. Um, where am I? I'm going to look at John. John. Um, they are in the office for some reason and not out. So would you, would you mind just making sure we have them on our back table? We're going to take care of that. John will be back with us in just a second, folks. Um, but uh, it's our free gift to you. So on the way out um, this morning, we want to make sure that you have a copy of this if you didn't get one. And, uh, and so it's a gratitude journal. We want you to use it uh, morning, lunchtime, evening. Write down one to three things, uh, how God has blessed you. And so uh, show of hands. How many of you this week, you struggled a little bit with it? Come on, a little bit, a little bit of a struggle, okay. All right, how many of you, you, you made it about half the days? You, you, you feel like you got about, that's pretty good. That's, anybody, every day, you did it three times a day. Anybody, anybody, yes, okay, all right, awesome. Um, guys, I'm not gonna lie to you, it was seven days, I think I did... I think I did about five and a half of those days really well, okay? So I realized Friday was my day off, and on the way home, I was, I was out in a hurry Thursday, and I, I, I put it in my backpack, and like, yeah, Saturday, I went looking for it, like, oh. So Friday, I took off. Um, I did go back on Saturday and write down things I was thankful for on Friday, just so you know. But um, we want you to have this. It matters. Guys, we're talking about gratitude um, this month, all month. Uh, it'll be a big deal. So um, this morning we're going to do something a little different to start out and so uh, I I need you to help me. A couple things. One, Um, you're going to need a bulletin. Uh, If you didn't get one of these, it's cool. We have a digital bulletin, so I'll ask you again. um, Use that camera, scan that QR code. Digital bulletin may actually be better this morning. Uh, It's got hyperlinks to all the scriptures, and we're going to do something kind of different there. And uh, I'm going to pray for our time in God's Word, and then we're going to jump in. Uh, Father, as we come before you this morning, we want to understand um, why we should be grateful. Last week, we talked about giving thanks in all circumstances. This morning, uh, I really want our hearts to be focused on why we should be able to do that. Why should we be able to give thanks even when life is hard, even when life isn't good? Why? And so, Holy Spirit, we're asking you come and take your place uh, in our pulpit, that you would teach us about Jesus from the inside out. You'd grant us wisdom to understand the Word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so so here's how we're going to start this morning. Uh, guys, the Bible uh, isn't quite like English. I know it's written in English. Sometimes we kind of forget it wasn't originally written in English. Um, but when the Bible is written, primarily it's written in two languages. Uh, there's, there's a third kind of sprinkled in, but primarily the Old Testament is Hebrew, and the New Testament is Greek. And the problem is neither of those languages really had the punctuation that we have. So there's no way when you read the Bible to catch uh, both in the Old and in the New Testament is intentional. It's meant to grab your attention. It's meant to grab your focus. And so this morning, I just wanna do a little exercise because I want you to understand how important this concept of why we should be grateful is. And so uh, we're gonna read scripture together. Participatory. Now, if you don't do this, you make me look dumb, okay? I've confessed to you on many occasions that I am dumb, but we don't need to prove it this morning, okay? So help a brother out is what I'm saying. So we're going to read it out loud, everybody together. You don't have to shout it, but also don't whisper it. Um, so we're actually going to speak it. It's cool when it happens. By the way, churches have done this historically for a long time. So uh, I'm going to throw it on the screen. Just kind of pace yourself with the way that I, I speak. I know you're like, you talk really fast. I'll slow it down a little bit. Okay, here we go. We're going to start here. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. Next, Psalm 106.1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His faithful love endures forever. Psalm 107:1. One. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His faithful love endures forever. Psalm 118, one. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His faithful love endures forever. Still Psalm 118, but now verse 29, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His faithful love endures forever. And then 1 Chronicles 16, 34. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His faithful love endures forever. You catch it? Okay? You're like, no, I got it, Pastor. I don't think you've got it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something else. Okay. We're going to do what's called a responsive reading or a refrain. All right? So open up your Bibles with me. If you're on the digital sermon notes, just click on Psalm 136. But if you've got the text in your hand, open it up to Psalm 136. Uh, now, King David wrote this psalm, and, and he wrote it to be a refrain. He, he wrote it to be a responsive reading. He wrote it uh, to be used in a congregational setting. Now, now I, I want you, this is really cool. So he wrote it so that God's kids, that the children of God, when gathered together, could celebrate all the ways that God has acted on their behalf. Okay? And like, literally, that is, that is why he wrote the psalm. It's meant to affirm God's covenant with his chosen people. Now, at that time, that's Israel. Alright? But, y'all, there's a new covenant. In the blood of Jesus, and if you put your faith in him, you're a part of that covenant, and now you are part of God's people. So here's the cool thing. I'm a little bit of a history nerd. Y'all, we are about to do something this morning that people did 2,500 years ago in worship. What? <laughs> like, Just let the gravity of that sink in. Think about all the people like, like, I had a great question from a youth this morning. They said, how is somebody in the Old Testament saved if Jesus wasn't there yet? I was like, that's a great question. The Bible says that they were saved by faith the same way that we are. It says that it was accredited to them as righteousness because they were looking forward to the Savior that had not yet come. Think of how many saints have repeated this exact psalm, this exact refrain that we're about to do, and one day we'll be standing in heaven with them. Pretty cool, all right? So, with that being said, Psalm 136, here's how the refrain works. I'm going to read, and then you guys are going to say vocally the refrain, which is, His faithful love endures forever. Be ready, 26 verses. Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. You guys can do better than that. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. He alone does great wonders, He made the heavens skillfully, He spread the land on the waters, He made the great lights, the sun to rule by day, the moon and stars to rule by night, He struck the firstborn of the Egyptians and brought Israel out from among them. With a strong hand and outstretched arm, he divided the Red Sea and led Israel through. But hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. He led his people in the wilderness. He struck down great kings. And slaughtered famous kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to Israel his servant. He remembered us in our humiliation and rescued us from our foes. He gives food to every creature, give thanks to the God of heaven. With that phrase resonating in your mind and your heart, I want to share three things with you this morning about gratitude and why we should give thanks in all circumstances. Here's the first. I want you to understand that gratitude helps us remember the goodness of God and the faithful nature of His love. Gratitude helps us remember the goodness of God and the faithful nature of His love. That's what Psalm 136 is, y'all. It is a celebration of what God has done on behalf of His children. And it is, it is focused, the whole celebration, around really two attributes of God, His goodness and His faithful love. And I want to talk about the two of those with you this morning. Let's start with the goodness of God. Uh, when When it says, give thanks to the Lord for He is good, that word good is the Hebrew word tov. And it means that God is perfect. It means that God is pure. But get this, it also means that God is good towards us. Not only is God perfect, not only is He pure, not only is He good, in every sense of the word good, but the word also means that he is good towards us. It means that he blesses us, that he provides for us, that he cares for us. And get this, this is the crazy part. It means that he wants a relationship with us. God is good. he, he, He is good to us. He blesses us. He provides for us. He cares for us. And he wants a relationship with us. And here's a huge part of the meaning of the word the word is unchanging in its character. God is unchanging in his goodness towards you. That's crazy. It means it's not dependent upon your goodness. It's not dependent. It doesn't change, you know, yesterday or tomorrow. or, or like, like God is always good. He will always be good. And that means that he's always going to act in a good way towards you, which is really the second part of, of that psalm is it's celebrating the faithful love of God. Faithful love is the Hebrew word hesed. Um, I want you to say it with me because I want you to remember that word. Can you say hesed? Hesed. So, so the faithful love, that, that phrase translated, is hesed. And, and the Hebrew word hesed, uh, it, it means a ton. It can mean mercy, um, but it really means so much more than that because it's actually birthed out of that first Hebrew word. Right? That tov, that goodness of God. Because God is good, then He reacts and responds to us in a way that is good. Right? He, he loves us in His good way and in and, and His faithful love. And, and, and so the word Hesed I really carries with it three character traits that I want you to understand. Number one, it is a covenantal love. All right? This is a promise of God unto you that He will always love you. Hello? That's awesome. Right? God of the universe made everything that we see, everything that we don't see, made us. We rebel against him, and he's still like, But I love you, and I promise to love you, and I'll never stop loving you. That's the story of the Bible, by the way. A God that pursues people that continue to sin against him and to push him away, and he's like, No, but I love you. Right? It's a covenantal, it's a promise to love you. It's really cool. it's, It's a love. That is not based on emotion, but based in relationship. God has promised to love you. He wants a relationship with you. That's the first characteristic. Second characteristic, though, is that this love is everlasting. Boy, it'd be nice to experience everlasting love on earth, wouldn't it? Our love's not that good, is it? Right? I don't know about you. I mean, I I, I want to say yes. I'm a great husband. I love my wife with an everlasting love until she says something to me that I probably deserve. And then in that moment, I think, "Eh, I did make a promise to you, but I ain't feeling it right now. Right? I'm I'm just being honest in church. We shouldn't show up here and lie. It's the truth. Right? We, we, We struggle with this concept. Listen, an everlasting love. And when I say everlasting love, I mean that this love goes beyond all Human failings. It is not based on our performance. It is not based on our merit. It is fully based on His promise and His goodness. Wow. This hesed love, this faithful love, it's covenantal, it's everlasting. Lastly, it's not passive. Do you know the love of God doesn't just wait for you to show up? Amen. The love of God doesn't sit around waiting for you. No, the love of God is an active love. It it is a love that pursues. It's a love that focuses on rescuing, redeeming, and forgiving. That is the Hesed, faithful love of God. Whew. Man. Perfect illustration of that love in the Old Testament, I think, at least, is the story of Hosea and his wife, Gomer. Anybody read the book of Hosea? It's in the Minor Prophets. doesn't mean that he wasn't an important prophet. It means that the book wasn't that big. All right? If you have read the story, or if you haven't, uh, this prophet of God, God says, hey, I want you to go marry this woman. And so Hosea does. And uh, God tells him that, hey, by the way, she's going to have some issues with you later on. And, uh, and so they have a couple kids, and then she leaves him. And she goes to other lovers, is what the text says. A lot of scholars think she actually went to prostitution. Uh, It's a pretty tough one. So, so, yeah. And then God says to his man, hey, guess what? You are going to love her the way that I love Israel. You're going to pursue her. You're going to go and you're going to purchase her out of it. You're going to redeem her. And you're going to be faithful to her for the rest of your life. And he does. And it is amazing. It's an amazing story of God's redeeming love for his people. Again, it's saying like, hey, Israel, that's you. You guys have all committed adultery. You've cheated on me. But I, I have a hessed love for you. Right? It, it shows up, especially in these couple verses in chapter 2. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. I am astounded at that passage, y'all. This is God uh, saying, "This is how I'm going to respond to you." Uh, you, by the way, in, in the story, if you're saying, "Where do I fit in the story?" We're Gomer, we're the adulterers, and God says, "I'm going to speak tenderly to you." What? Why aren't you going to stop me? Why aren't you going to just 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 kick me out? Why aren't you going to throw me to the curb, God? Many of you were here this morning because you felt that. Maybe you came here because you're in the middle of feeling that. Like, God, I am a wreck. I'm a mess. I don't understand why you're not just done with me. And God's like, I'm never going to be done with you. I'm committed to a relationship with you. I will do whatever it takes. Just look at the cross. Right? It's this chesed love. It's one other passage. Not only does God speak tenderly to people that don't, deserve a tender talking to, he says, I'll betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice and in steadfast love and mercy. Man. See, gratitude reminds us that there is a God that pursues us in spite of us. Gratitude reminds us that there is a God that is good. And despite our failings of goodness, He still loves us and He still wants a relationship with us. Out of His goodness, out of His love, not based on our performance or our perfection, but based on the perfection of His one and only Son, Jesus. And so we're going to start there, guys. Gratitude helps us remember the goodness of God and the faithful nature of His love. That's where we start. That kind of leads to the second point. That, remembering the goodness of God and the faithful nature of his love, uh, that serves as a testimony. And it actually helps us fulfill the Great Commission. Okay? Practicing gratitude is a testimony that helps us fulfill the Great Commission. Um, So when we believe in Jesus, when we ask Jesus to come into our life, forgive us of our sins, um, and we become his children at the moment that that happens uh, We receive the Holy Spirit and Jesus said this was going to happen right in John 16 7, he says nevertheless uh, I'm telling you the truth uh, It's for your benefit that I go away because the disciples are like no Lord you can't leave us And He's like no it's better if I go he says to your benefit that I go away because if I don't go away The counselor won't come to you, but if I go I'm going to send him to you. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit So when we put our faith and trust in in christ uh, when we become children of god we say god i i believe in your son jesus i know that i'm a sinner i I need a savior jesus come into my life please and take control at the moment that that happens um the holy spirit comes to live in us and 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 we get all of the righteousness of god Uh, he takes uh, all of our sin once and and for all because jesus died he paid the penalty of that sin on the cross Okay, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. We've all sinned. And, and so when that happens, we become children of God. We receive the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus tells the disciples not only that they're going to receive the Holy Spirit, but, but, he, but he tells them um, that the Spirit is going to be their counselor and their guide and their helper. And then he, and he says, and here's why you're going to need a helper, because you are now going to go and do what I've been do- doing, right? And you're like, well, what has he been doing? Well, he's been making disciples, right? And, and so we call this biblically. He tells him like, hey, as you go to do this, don't worry about it. Holy Spirit's going to even tell you what to say. Um, but you're going to go and make disciples the way that I've been making disciples. We call it the Great Commission. It's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Uh, it says, Jesus came near, said to them, all authority has been given to me and heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And and so it's great commission. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. You're going to go and do what I've been doing. Uh, Now, there's another passage in the Bible that talks about how that is supposed to happen. Uh, We call it the blueprint for the great commission. That is in Acts 1-8. Okay, so Acts 1-8 says this, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You'll be my witness. That word in Greek would be pronounced "martus." Uh, it's where we get the word martyr, by the way. That's where your witness could end up. All right? But literally, it means one who testifies. It's one who testifies. You know what a testimony is? That's what I saw. That's what happened to me. I, I don't know. I was sitting at the light. The car came through. It hit the other car. That's what I saw. It's my testimony. It's what I experienced. All right. Some people think, well, I have to know the whole Bible. No, you've got to have a testimony. You've got to know what God has done for you. It is great to know the whole Bible. That's our goal. We want to raise you up. We want to teach you what the Old Testament means, how it all points to Jesus. We want to teach you how all the stuff that Paul wrote should be interpreted through the lens of Jesus, not through the lens of Paul. Um, and like we, It's our goal to help raise you up and teach you the Bible But ultimately, what matters is that you have a testimony. Because it says, hey, if you're going to go and do what Jesus has been doing, you're going to make disciples, the best way to do it is to trust the power of the Holy Spirit living in you and to go and tell people what you have seen and what you've experienced. It's your testimony. We just had a testimony appear this morning when Matthew got in the water. Matthew didn't stand up and say, hey, I know everything about the Bible. I'm killing it. I've got it all right. He said, man... I know that I need Jesus, right? And I want the world to know that I'm following Jesus. Bam, that's a testimony, okay? Good job, by the way, brother, good job. He's back there, he's smiling. Don't talk about me. It's recorded forever, it's on the internet. Love you, man. Witness one who testifies. And, and, And listen, that testifying to others about the goodness of God is exactly what gratitude is meant to do okay? Psalm, Psalm 105.1 says this, uh, give thanks to the Lord, call on His name, proclaim His deeds among the people. Boy, that sounds a lot like Acts 18. Give thanks to the Lord, call on His name, and proclaim His good deeds. What deeds? His Hesed love. Man, proclaim that God has pursued you. Proclaim that God has loved you in spite of your own failure. Proclaim that God has been faithful even when you haven't. Proclaim the covenantal love of God which was expressed through the death of His one and only Son on the cross for our sins. And man, when you give that kind of thanks, when, when, when you have that kind of testimony that leads to the last point, When you have that kind of testimony, God receives all the glory. God receives all the glory. And that's really the last part is is practicing and expressing gratitude brings glory to God. Okay, practicing and expressing gratitude brings glory to God. Um, I don't know, uh, like, I I think we're all um, inherently a little religious okay? Some of you are like, I hate religion. No, you don't. You love systems, okay? You do. I, 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 like That's why you drive cars. You like systems. You, you don't like wake up every morning and try to put together something that'll get you from A to B. You like a system, okay? like You, you wake up, you guys have patterns and habits, and you know some of you stay up till one o'clock um, watching TV, and then you fall asleep. Some of you have to be in bed at eight o'clock reading a book. Like, you all have systems, so don't lie to me and say you don't like systems. We're all religious in that sense, okay? So, so we all like certain systems of thoughts. We really do, Jacob laughing. He's like, yep, yep, yep. So um, when I read scripture, sometimes that part of me like rises up and go, yes, look, there's an equal sign, right? So anytime there's an equal sign, I take note, that little religious part of me um, takes note. So there's a little equal sign in, in the text in Second Corinthians four fifteen, 15. And um, y- y- it's easy to read past, but uh, the apostle Paul's writing, he says, indeed, everything is for your benefit, so that his grace extends through more and more people, as grace extends through more and more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. Cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. Now, I'll give you a little backstory. Paul is, he, he's headed towards death, okay? Most, so are most of the other apostles. He, in fact, the context of the scripture is like, hey, dude, me and all the other apostles are like dying for the sake of Jesus, okay? Like, like we're, it's been laid on us. But, he says, but this is ultimately for your good, and, and, and for your gain, which is going to bring, okay, much, it should bring much thanksgiving. Okay, he actually quotes wall, uh, Psalm 116, which is a, a, a psalm of thanksgiving for deliverance. So he, he, he quote, he's like, hey, uh, deliverance is coming. Thankfulness to God for what he will do. And all of this, he says, brings glory to God. So here's your equal sign. Um, as thanksgiving increases, increased thanksgiving equals glory to God. Increase, thanksgiving, a.k.a. gratitude, um, equals thanksgiving to God. That's what it does. The more grateful we are, the more God receives glory. And and y'all, that is our primary goal in life, is to glorify God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 31 says, So whether you eat or drink in everything you do, do it for the glory of God that literally we exist for this purpose. So I want to ask you a question. If you eat or you drink, and whatever you do, you're supposed to glorify God. And if, can we go back to one slide? And, let's go back that one slide. You got me, yep. Uh, and uh, Thanksgiving increases glory to God. And we'll go back forward, okay? So eat, drink, whatever I do, it's supposed to increase glory to God. Thanksgiving should be a part of that. Gratitude should be a part of that. If I'm grateful for everything, for what I eat, for what I drink, for what I wear, for what I go through, right? Last week we talked about not just writing down in our journals the easy stuff. Hey, God, that was great. I had this moment, and it was so awesome, and that person was so nice to me. Yeah, did you write down the person that wasn't so nice to you? God, thanks for that, because that tested my patience, and I wanted to kill him. But I didn't, and I'm more like you. Don't celebrate too much. You shouldn't have thought of killing them. That's the part you're working on, all right? Okay. So what do, what do we do? What do we do with this thought of God calls us to be grateful in all circumstances and the reasoning behind it? Why should we be grateful? Because God is good and his faithful love endures forever. You only had to say it 26 times plus a few, okay? Okay. So I want to give you some homework this week, and then I'm going to challenge you about the journals again. And, and, and I want you to step into it, y'all. The, the Bible calls us not to just be hearers of the word, but actually do what it says. It makes a difference. If you walked through the doors this morning and you came because your marriage is struggling, then I, I want to challenge you, then take the gratitude journal, and every day, if you will write multiple times a day, how you are grateful for your spouse, it will change your heart towards your spouse. You can't do that for 21 days and not think differently about your spouse. If, if it's your kids, write th- th- how you're grateful for everything they do. I'm so grateful for the talking back, Lord. I don't know what my life would be like without it. I, 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 don't, I don't even remember what a clean house is, Lord. I'm so thankful for that. Like, listen, you, you may laugh at that. Guys, there's a day coming in my future. Like, I, I, I like, I like, ugh. I, I mean, I hate, I walk in my house, if stuffs everywhere. I'm like, just pick it up. Drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. Okay, so I either just ignore it all and it just all goes or I'm, or I'm going to yell at everybody. I'm very aware, though, there will be a day that I won't have that problem because they won't be there anymore. So God, thank you for the dirty house and the dishes in the sink. Right? Thank you for all the talking back because they're still under my roof and I love them. God, thank you for that. Help them not talk back anymore, but still thank you for that. Right? So what do do we do with this, guys? How do we be these people? I'm going to give you some things. The first one, it's going to seem like I'm being mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to help you um, be thankful. So I want you to take some time this week especially to think about your own unfaithfulness to God ouch. Notice that line underneath. This exercise is not meant to beat you up or shame you. Highlight that, okay? Write that down about 10 times. If we're going to understand the Hesed love of God, we have to understand that His love is not dependent upon our faithfulness, and in fact, we're not very faithful. So I just want you to think about that. It's okay to think about, like, God, I failed this week. Like, I, I, I... I think you guys show up on a regular basis because that's probably our testimony. Like, I didn't kill it everywhere this week. Anybody have just a major, like, I wish I could have at least that one back? Come on. You're in church. Jesus is watching. All right. The rest of you didn't have even one moment that you were like, I wish I could... I, nobody had a do-over? Man, you guys are great. I, um, I have lots of mulligans, me and Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, I'm not a great golfer, Okay. I love this thing called a mulligan where you hit a bad shot and you're like, mulligan. Um, so uh, when I do go golf, which is rarely, it's like once a year, uh, I have a rule. Uh, you get to hit two off the first tee, you play the best one. You also get to hit two off of, uh, off of the 10th tee, play the best one. Because, you know, you stop for a Snickers bar or a refreshment. And um, you just need a moment, right? And then you get one mulligan per nine. So my score is nothing like what it should be, but it is fun. It's a lot more enjoyable. Me and Jesus have mulligans too. Moments where I know that I blow it because I lost my, my, my temper with my kids or I said something to my wife that I shouldn't have even been thinking, but then it came out of my mouth. Oh dear gosh. That's going to take several days to fix, right? So me and Jesus have a mulligan. I go to my wife and say, man, I blew that. And then we have a mulligan. I say, listen, I, 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 there's, I shouldn't even been thinking that thought. That's not you. That is all me right? I try to lay myself bare. So here's what I want you to do. If you want to understand the Hesed love of God, you have to understand your own unfaithfulness first. So I want you to work on that this week. In your journal, part of what you're thankful for, it's okay. Be thankful for your failures, y'all. When I was in school, um, I, I had teachers. The teachers I learned best from gave you tests before you were ready for the test. And I would do miserable on them. And then they would give you all the ways you could correct yourself. And that is how I learned. It's the way I learn in life, too, is, is my failures have made me such a better person, okay? So it's okay. Talk to God about your own unfaithfulness. Number two, uh, I want you to take some time to think about God's loving pursuit of you throughout your life despite your unfaithfulness. Hesed, covenantal, God promises. It's active. It seeks you out. It's not waiting on you. God has not waited on you. God has pursued you. He's in the background going, hey, there's a better way. Hey, I love you. Hey, I'm here. Hey, if you need me. Hey, if you got any questions. Like like God is pursuing us the whole time. I've got a better way. It's okay. I still love you. I'm here for you. Just come to me. You're mine. Like constant pursuit, this act of love. So I just want you to think of that pursuit despite the first thing you thought of. Boy, and you start thinking, wow, who is this God? Why? Why would, he t- why would he feel this way about me? And that kind of gets us to that third place uh, point of application. Then give wholehearted thanks to the Lord for his goodness towards you and for his faithful and loving pursuit of you. Man, you're having trouble filling out your journal. Whew. Just do step one and two and you're ready for step three. Man, if you'll just spend time to think about how often you fail and how often you turn and how often you uh, pursue other loves other than God who should w- like way above and beyond anything else be your first and then yet you think about his love for you man, you won't have any problems filling out these pages, okay? So guys, that's our goal. You say, pastor, why are we doing it? Well, not just because it's Thanksgiving and you have to sit around a table with some family and friends that may have different opinions than you and you gotta be grateful for them but because God deserves your praise. God has pursued you so much more than you or I deserve. He's still pursuing you to this moment, which is why you're hearing this grace-filled message, because he loves you and he's got something better for you and he wants you to trust him and turn to him. And so I'm gonna challenge you this morning to do it, right? God deserves this. He deserves your thanksgiving. And your praise. So work on it. Three times a day. Write it down. Then talk to him about it. Okay? And we believe it'll bring about change. Okay? I'm going to pray for you. And uh, then we've got a couple announcements real quick. Father, thanks for loving us. Thank you for your word, which is good. Um, Help us go home now and, and work through what we've just heard. God, every week we try to provide our folks with a number of questions to help them go deeper. God, I pray that you'd put that on people's hearts this week, that they would dig into scriptures, that they would continue to talk about what they've heard. But God, most of all, that they would give you thanks for all that they're going through and for all that they've gone through. God, show them your Hesed love and pursuit of each of them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen.